When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the DMVR Draft Pod. I'm Justin Michael. I'm with Jake Schwanitz. Our man Dre is out and about enjoying uh, Zach Stevens' wedding. Shout out to our main man, Zach. Looks like it was a lot of fun. Jake and I didn't make the cut, I guess. You know, it's, it is what it, no, I'm just, I'm playing. It's all no, good. no hard feelings there at all. But uh, yeah, we're without Dre and that's okay. Cause we're going to dive into the best defensive prospects. But uh, man, 10 years ago today, the last NCAA football video game was released. NCAA 2014. That's crazy. It, it's been a decade, but it had me thinking who would be the most fun players in college football right now to play with on an NCAA football video game? We'll get into the defensive prospects in a second, but just just a little fun right off the top of the bat. Who'd be the most fun buff? Travis Hunter, I assume? Travis got to be up there. Um, the speed of Dylan Edwards, even though he's a true freshman, would make him fun. Cormani would also be fun. Um, you know, maybe he's playing both ways and can kind of slide in as a skill player there. And then, um, yeah, ultimate Caskill at running back, I'd throw out as well. Um, but Travis easily takes the cake. That guy is going to be like, if there's a candidate to be 99 on this team, it's easily Travis Hunter. Well, and it'd be cool because you could really benefit on the two-way player without having to worry about the the reality of it, which is how tiring it would make you. It's a video game. So you're just going to have the the max adrenaline the entire time. They need to make an X factor just for him, just two way players so that he gets like an extra stamina boost whenever he switches sides or something like that. That'd be pretty cool, actually. But they'd have to find a way to also punish you in some way if you mess up like that. It goes way down or something. I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting. An equal amount on each side or something like that to keep it stable or something. Or like you lose your number two receiver and corner to the portal immediately because they're pissed off that they're splitting time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very curious to see how they implement the transfer portal into the new video games, assuming that they still happen. I know there's a whole bunch of lawsuit stuff and who knows what will happen there. But yeah, I think for CSU, it would probably be Tory Horton would be the most fun. But Jack Howell would be in the conversation for me. Really rangy safety, a guy that could make an impact. He'd be one of those dudes that if you played every game with, you'd have like a 150 plus tackle season. Yeah, man, that'd be a lot of fun. Torrey Hutton, Horton was obviously the first guy that came to my mind too. Uh, you guys got another four-star coming in. I mean, it's all wide receivers for us out here in Colorado, I guess, because uh, I named two of them myself. We got the, we got the guys on the outside, man. 
it's going to be fun. That showdown is going to be a lot of talent, a lot of speed, hopefully a lot of points, but it's, it's going to be fun. Who are some of the other guys around the country that'd be fun? I mean, I guess Caleb Williams is an easy answer. Um, I don't know. Um, Urban Harrison would be out of yeah. control. I mean, that guy is, you talk about the entire package. He'd be a lot of fun. Um, on the running back side of things, Blake Corum. I mean, coming back healthy, that guy's just a bowling ball. He just goes through everyone. Um, Brock Bowers, some other wide receivers. Oh, Bowers would be, oh my God, man. It'd be like playing with Gronkowski in like Madden 2014 or whatever his prime was. I really resent that I never got to play with Trey McBride on an NCAA football video game because I would have won him a Heisman. As a Michigan fan, it was pretty nice that Denard Robinson was on the last cover and like, you know, they did the whole thing about him and all that, but it just hurt my soul that this video game left my life, man. I mean, I used to just run dynasty on this thing season after season, you know, taking, I'd always take the new teams that come in Georgia state. And that new one was a team that I ran with a lot, Texas state, um, but just rebuilding in dynasty in that game. That's what it was all about. But RK and I, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. Just like all the things they could add in this game with like the portal, NIL, like collective, just to make it like they could make it absolutely crazy. I'm sure they'll probably tone it down um, for all the legal purposes and all that, but it could be a ton of fun. To me, the reason I think the game is going to happen, once you get two, three seasons into your dynasty anyways, it's all auto-generated players. So while I do want, I want the game to be based around the current guys, so long as we can edit the rosters and, you know, manipulate it to make the guys have the qualities of the players we all like anyways, without it actually being them, who cares? Just make sure the game happens in some way. Like if if, if it's going to get all hung up on technicalities, there are ways to make it happen. Yeah. And so just the, we've been digging in this, into this a lot on the buff show, just all the nitty gritty legal stuff with this game. Um, I think this lawsuit lawsuit from Brander group got shut down. They were the group that were um, going against EA. I think they actually took it to like uh, legislation or something. And it was immediately shut down by a judge uh, not too long ago. Uh, I think the athletic reported that this game is still on track to come out as scheduled. So all sounds great there. Um, let's just hope it stays that way. I don't know if you've talked to players and like gotten their opinion, but we had Cam on the Buff Show a few weeks ago. And we asked him, he's just like, doesn't care, just like put me in the game. Like, that's enough. And that's kind of how I feel if I was a player in college football. Yeah, this is something I've asked players about for years. You know, would you rather have the game exist and receive nothing at all, or, you know, have it be in the current state, which is, which is nothing? And, every player I've ever asked has been like, oh, I don't care about the money. It just sucks that I don't get to be in the game. Now, I understand that there's a couple of specific guys, people like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison, whose individual profile is going to elevate the game. There are very few players like that in college football that have that type of, you know, facial recognition amongst casual fans. That's one of the things that I talked about there's so many more players. People love to compare it to Madden. It's not comparable. Madden's a 32-team league. You have 52-man roster. You know, like, it's it's just way different. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's just what made the game fun, too, is how deep it was, right? All the schools were in it, all the stadiums, all the mascots, too, if they were in the mascot brawl. Um, so, yeah, man, let's get this game back, and let's get things right in the world. Let's get some NCAA back in our lives. Good vibes. We're putting it out there, universe. We need this game. 
hopefully this time next summer we're we're dueling it out and Jake and I are streaming a Rocky Mountain Showdown in the summer when we have nothing oh, else to do. Could you imagine a DMVR like dynasty connected dynasty league, man? Just like get all the get all these uh, listeners in, all the viewers in, have us control the teams. It'd be just so much fun. I don't know how deep we could be able to go if it'd be 60, 100 teams deep. It'd be a lot of fun. Even just like competitions that we could do with bets, you know, between, you know, me versus you and, you know, Lindsay versus RK. That probably wouldn't be fair because RK would would mop the floor <laughs> with her. But we figure something out to make it, you know, CSU, right, right. CU, get other people in, you know, bring some rivalries into the mix. We've got all kinds of college football fans active in the Discord. Like, I would love to play some of the Wyoming fans out there in Boise and, and everybody. It would be a blast. Yeah, we've got a strong Kentucky contingent, too. So uh it'd be a lot of fun, man. We do weirdly have a strong Kentucky contingent. <laughs> we too. Shout out Kentucky UDFA, man. <laughs> All right, let's get into the let's get into some of the best defensive prospects that are draft eligible. Um, let's just start at defensive line and work our way back to the secondary. I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. But um, at defensive end, I mean, I, there's a couple guys that jump out to me. But athletically, I think the most intriguing prospect to me is is Jared Verse out of Florida State because of that length, the explosion. I mean, he's just a freak athlete out there. Yeah, he's an absolute beast. He had like nine sacks last year. He's going to be a guy that we talk a lot, probably a lot coming up this year. There's a few edge guys, though. Uh, you could throw in JT uh, Tuamalo, Dallas Turner out of Alabama, Braylon Trice out of Washington. And so Defensive end, again, very deep this year. I think defensive line, just overall, it's a very good class. Um, so we should see some guys really pop and uh, cement themselves as like top 20 picks here, I think, pretty soon in the season. Tuamalo, when in that Penn State game, was it last year, where he had multiple interceptions, basically just completely won the game for Ohio State by himself? Yeah, that was legendary performance. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me right now. I'll get them pulled up. But uh, he's another guy. I mean, you talk about Ohio State. They're like a wide receiver factory, of course. But, man, they've been kind of sneakily pumping out edge rushers for the last five to ten years, too. So it's not a surprise to see them have another guy. Uh, well, he had, had ten Sawyer, and a half sacks. too. So both of those dudes are studs. Right. Um, sorry, ten and a half tackles for a loss. It was only three and a half sacks last year. So you got to see that production uh, bump up. But Ohio State does have some dudes, especially on the interior, too. Um, they're going to be really deep in the trenches, I think, again this year. They'll be fun to watch in that regard. You mentioned Dallas Turner. He's intriguing to me because I could see him being like a true Von Miller type edge. I could also see him being more of like a hybrid old school outside linebacker. What are your thoughts on him? Because he's one of the rangiest guys that I, I think will be in college football this year. You just... The way he's able to completely shut down the edge in the run game, he's a really explosive pass rusher. I love how active his hands are. Like Dallas Turner, obviously I'm a Bama guy that's very well known, but in my opinion, he's the most intriguing out of the those like outside linebacker types. Yeah, he's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch this year. When we spoke to, I can't remember if it was Charles Kelly or Sal Sincere, but someone brought him up unprompted. Um, when we asked about like the pedigree of edge rushers that they've coached throughout their time. Um, so he's going to be another guy that's going to be very high on the radar. He had a great 2020, uh, 2021 
10 tackles for a loss of the eight and a half sacks. They didn't really do too much last year in terms of production. Um, but Alabama, I mean, they had another guy on the edge. They had Will Anderson, who was kind of their game wrecker. So if Dallas Turner can step up and kind of be maybe not to that level, because Will Anderson was an absolute monster, but just another one of those like certified first round picks for uh, the Crimson Tide, he's going to be a lot of fun this year. His numbers definitely don't jump out the way that some of these other guys do, but especially in granite, I benefited from watching more of Alabama. So I, you know, you're a little bit more nuanced right. with how I can speak on him, but he just, he, it felt like he made big plays in the biggest games. Like there were a couple instances in that Texas game where he kind of blew it up him and Kool-Aid McKinstry both. And I know we'll get to the secondary. They both played really well in that Texas game, but I, I think he's going to blow up in a major way this year. I really do. Yeah, he's in that group. Um, Braylon Trice, the edge out of Washington. He's a guy who is going to who was uh, very highly regarded uh, last year. He had a great season: twelve tackles for a loss, nine sacks, six four, two hundred sixty pounds. So bigger edge. Um, they got the other guy on the on the other side of him too, Zion Tupolo Fatui. I think we call him ZTF uh, for short. I'm declaring, declaring that now. <laughs> but where they are you got at with that Washington team? Like, what kind of ceiling do you think they have this year? I'm high on the Huskies, man. I think they're going to be really good. Um, I think their schedule kind of works out favorably too, especially in the pack. It is a a tougher non-conference schedule. Um, they, I think they have to go to East Lansing and then they have another, I think it's Baylor also in there. Um, but if they can get through that stretch, I think the Pac-12 slate shook out very favorably for them. And this could be a team that could be making noise, you know, come December for the playoff, if not just the Pac-12 title. I mean, you just look at the talent they have on offense, you know, between the receivers and Penix coming back, and then obviously the t- talent they have here in the defensive line. Pac-12 is going to be a, a bloodbath, man. Oregon, USC, Washington, CU is going to be much improved, but it's, I mean, Utah, Oregon State, all these teams are still going to be really competitive. For sure. Oregon's got two edge guys, too. you got Jordan Birch and Brandon Dorlitz on the edge as well. Um, and they've got some guys, some recruits, uh, highly touted coming in as well. So it's going to be a very fun conference, very interesting conference. I mean, it's like the Big 12 of old. You know, I was just kind of like shootouts, you know, defense optional. Um, I don't know if it'll be that bad to that degree, but it's going to be a lot of fun this year in this conference. It's going to be fireworks constantly, a lot of close games in like the 30s and 40s I can see already. It'll be interesting. I want to see if one of these teams can separate themselves and, you know, get in the playoff conversation. Obviously, the last year with the four-team playoff. Or is it going to hurt them where it's... The league is really interesting. Every game is worth watching. But because the parity is so good, everybody ends up like 8-4 and four and 9-3 and three just outside the playoff window. That's the... And stumbling in on conference, man. Like, Utah losing to Florida last year just completely destroyed their resume before they even got started, where... You know, they go into the Pac-12 title game and it's kind of like, eh, like, you know, they're not really, they don't really have a shot. So we'll see this year. I mean, I definitely think it's going to happen again, though. That's just the nature of this conference. I mean, Oregon State's going to be coming up. Um, They beat Oregon flat out last year. Uh, They're going to be much better. We'll see USC. I mean, they do have Notre Dame uh, later in the year, but it's a very, very easy early non-conference schedule. Um, So... I don't know. If I had to bet right now, I'd say the Pac-12 kind of cannibalizes themselves and they're out of the playoff talk. That's what the history says. 
but it, we'll see. I mean, you got a lot of veteran quarterbacks. Anything can happen. It's been like seven years, I think, since they've had a playoff team. It's been a long time. Was it Washington 2016? Yeah, that, uh, who they play Clemson, I think. Or, I, I think you're right. Clemson Washington or Michigan State? I, I can't remember. Um, right. No, I think you're right, though. All right, we got a little sidetracked here. We've talked about some of these Ohio State defensive ends. Where are you at with the Michigan guys, uh, McGregor? Um, I actually can't tell you too much about McGregor. I can tell you about my guy on the interior, Chris Jenkins, though. This guy was an okay. absolute beast in the Ohio State game. Um, a big guy. He's, I think, a little younger. Um, so, But he was thrust into the spotlight in that game. Had a great game. Uh, so we'll see. He's kind of in that mold of these guys they've had recently. You know, we talk about Michigan having edge guys a lot, but they've, you know, you go back Maurice Hurst. Um, who's the Mazi guy? Mozzie Smith. Yeah. These like three techniques that have these super quick first steps that are able to just swim past all their uh, through the line. Uh, he could be the next guy on the list. Um, but yeah, sorry. I can't tell you too much about the edge guy right now, but they're an edge factory. No, you're good. I I think he's one of the, McGregor's one of those up and coming guys that they're kind of expecting to be the next um, Aiden Hutchinson type. Do you think Jenkins can be in that Nazir Stackhouse type conversation, the stud out of Georgia? I mean, we'll see. Like even Mozzie Smith, like you know, as we went through the year, it was like, or this time last year. I mean, when we talked about him uh, before the CSU game, it was like this guy is going to be an absolute problem. Uh, all year long, and he had a decent year, but it wasn't as impactful, you know, as some. Yeah, of those he's Georgia kind of a guys. step below those other guys. Which I mean, it's fair, right? That the Georgia D line, they're kind of on their own level at this point. It, it just shows like how, like how deep and just how uh, ingrained that uh, coaching philosophy and just how good they are in getting those guys to translate from being four or five star athletes into like top 20, top 10, top five guys. Um, but Chris Jenkins, he's going into, I think, his uh, final year of eligibility. So not a younger guy, but a guy who's finally gotten playing time recently. Nice. Where are you at with the CU defensive line? I know you, you talked about this on the Buffs pod, but I'm just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting, actually. Obviously, the portal was a massive factor with this team, but they brought in a ton of grad transfers along the front seven. Um, from all over football. So Shane Cokes is probably going to be the defensive lineman, the defensive captain, really, of this team. But he's going to be the guy that you watch on the interior. On the edge, you got Jordan Dominic. Uh, he's a grad transfer from Arkansas. And then opposite of him, you got Derek McClendon. He's a grad transfer from Florida State. Those guys thrusting into bigger roles, really, at this point. Uh, mostly rotational guys at their previous stops, but now they're going to be probably starting. So we'll see. I mean, it really starts with this defense with the secondary in the corners. You know, if Travis and Cormani are out there clamping people, um, it's just going to make it so much easier for those guys up front to get home. Interesting. The CU D-line is going to, or CSU D-line, should be pretty strong. I mean, you got Mo Kamara back at defensive end. That guy's a beast. He's a stud. Grady Kelly is a guy who I think is going to have a big season in the interior. Um but they're deep, man. This CSU team, they they bring eight starters back from their defense this past season. They got a lot of guys that are going to be able to rotate. It's I'm really intrigued by what those matchups are going to be like in the RMS between the, the D-line and the O-line for CSU and CU. Very, very intriguing. And then receiver corner matchups, obviously, or receiver DB matchups in general. 
lot of talent, a lot of NFL type players out there. It's going to be a fun game, man. I really can't wait for it. And the kickoff time, you know, that day is just going to be mayhem. That was, a de- that was a decision. Come on. Um, that was for TV. <laughs> I personally, I don't love it because I think it's it's going to be insane, <laughs> but it's going to be like probably too insane. And we're going to see some really rowdy type stuff uh, from the fans, both sides. I'm not like, it's not a personal thing. It's just, you give fans enough time to drink for that long at a game that means that much when it hasn't been played in years, it's, it's going to get pretty chippy, but Hey, I'm just glad it's back. And admittedly, I'm glad we'll be in the press box and I'm not going to be out there having to catch the strays. I was going to say, uh, DMVR tailgate for that is probably going to be lit though, but thankfully we can, uh, kind of escape and go up to this press box at any time. <laughs> I'm soft now, guys. It's like, I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be like, are people screaming at me? What is happening? I just don't want to be pressured into like, drinking and shit before I got to go work. <laughs> don't do that. It'll be a long night. And I, we're going to be doing content until about three in the morning as is. Oh, but... I'm sure. I'm sure. Jake, where's the best spot to look for last minute ticket deals, maybe even for the Rocky Mountain Showdown? Go to Game Time, the hottest new ticketing app out there. Buying um, tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time takes all the stress out of buying your tickets, whether it's to the Rockies, it's concert season. Um, tons of great stuff going on this summer. You can buy your tickets ahead of time for this football season. Get on that. Go to Game Time, download the app right now. Use code DMVR. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DMVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also, if you're a Ram fan going into enemy territory for that RMS, you're not going to want to see the haters. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead, for the treacherous road ahead that it is a college football rivalry. And that's with the premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. They offer a world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. The staff actually just got hooked up with some new Shady Rays. I'm stoked. I really, really like mine. I'm going to be posting some pics on Twitter, stunt and all that. You know, I have to. New shades looking good. You can look good too. And you can have peace of mind because if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a new pair no questions asked. I think Susie, our Rockies gal, she's already done it multiple times, but there's no risk when you Again? shop with Shady Rays. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's bad, dude. I, I, I don't oh, even know Lord. how she keeps her head attached sometimes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DMVR. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Is there anybody else you want to hit on the defensive line before we move on to linebackers? Um, let me th- look through here real quick. Nothing. No one really comes to mind at this point. It's just a again a really intriguing edge group, and you know I don't think we really have a guy yet. You know, last year we had Will Anderson coming into the season. Uh, I'm just intrigued of this group to see who emerges and becomes that guy because it's pretty deep and pretty talented. Me too. My money's on Turner right now, but we'll see. Um, outside linebacker, a guy I really like is actually out of the Mountain West, Easton Gibbs of Wyoming. Kind of just the next in line for them. They've had Chad Muma. Um, and what's the 
the Bengals linebacker. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. I can't remember. Real stud player was a killer in the Mountain West last couple of years. Logan. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, this is terrible right now. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson. My God, I'm just brain is just going mush you're today. <laughs> But no, that Wyoming D is going to be legit. They've got a really solid defensive line. Their front seven as a whole, they're going to be nasty. The question for them, obviously, is always can they score enough? Who are some linebackers you like in the Pac-12 or across the country? Um, I'll start nationally. I mean, the first guy I think of is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at Clemson. Um, of course, the bloodline's coming from Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trotter uh, Sr. He was an outstanding linebacker uh, back in the day. Last year, he had 89 total tackles. He actually had six and a half sacks, two and 13 and a half tackles for a loss. Um, had two interceptions, a pick six, five passes defense. I mean, he racked up the stats last year and was really impressive, kind of patrolling the middle of the field for the Tigers. So I'm intrigued by him. Um, and then I'll just throw out a guy, Colorado, uh, Des Moines Kennedy, coming in from Alabama. Another guy who's just super fast, sideline to sideline. A lot of people saying he's one of the fastest guys on the team right now. He suffered a season-ending injury in like a special teams play, um, like game three last year. I was gonna say, uh, so he's been pretty early in the year. Yeah, he was recovering from an injury. Uh, he's just getting back on the field now for the Buffs. So we'll see what he's able to do this uh, this fall. Yeah, Tommy Eichenberg at Ohio State, I would say, is probably one of the top interior linebackers that I've seen thus far. Um, CSU actually has a transfer coming in as well. Trey Pastor out of Cali had kind of been a hybrid like nickel type free safety slash linebacker there now he's just going to be an interior linebacker in that four two five as at csu it's going to be fun to see how he translates who are some other guys that are jumping out to you um i mean you uh pac 12 has some athletes back there of course justin jacobs out of oregon eric gentry out of out of uh, usc um, so we'll see who emerges out of them. Mason Cobb also out of USC. We'll see USC's defense. I'm really intrigued by them to see the year-over-year growth or lack thereof um, from that defense because that was really their Achilles heel last year. You can't be asking Caleb to score 50 every game. I mean, they couldn't stop anyone as evident in that Tulane game. The Utah game, both Utah games too, man. It was just marching down the field constantly. And, you know, they had players then too. Um, I know they aren't as um, highly touted, I guess. I know I've said that like four times this episode, as uh, the rankings would say. Um, but last year just didn't really translate. So we'll see if these uh, new crop of transfers are able to really make a difference. What about UCLA? I'm intrigued by them. Um, and the conversation we keep having about them is the quarterback, obviously, because DTR is gone. They brought in Colin Schley out of Kent State, but they've got Dante Moore, who's a five star. And all I hear about this kid is this guy's the truth. Watch out for him. So if he takes over early on, uh, watch out. But if it's Colin Schley, I mean, I know Chip Kelly will be creative with the offense. He's been a lot of fun recently the last few years. Um, but if Dante Moore is starting, man, that that's going to be one of my teams to watch throughout the whole season. They have a linebacker, Polynesian kid. I can't remember. Musa or something like that. Kind of liked his game a little bit. Um, They've got some, they've got an edge guy, uh, Leatu Latu, who was uh, pretty impactful last year. 
Um, he's coming back. He's another one of the top edge guys in the pack for sure. We'll see if he works into like a top 100 pick type of guy. Um, I think that's all I can really give you though. Anybody else that stands out to you at linebacker? Honestly, not really. This position just kind of underwhelming. I don't know, man. It, it's underwhelming the positional value of, that we talked about every April or whenever we do the previews of these positions. Um, you just you need something special to be, you know, a real good linebacking prospect. Um, you know, even guys who were the best in last year's class, you know, Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, you know, they had some things liked, but these weren't guys like, um, you know, Devin White when he was coming out. You know what I mean? Roquan Smith, guys like that. And it feels like we're seeing fewer and fewer of those type of players. Um, and they're just, you know, Rokon gets traded around. They're kind of devalued around the league. So I'm just interested to see, you know, the continued evaluation of this position and how, you know, the NFL kind of treats this position when it comes to the draft. Yeah, it's int- I feel like most of the guys you like at this point are in that hybrid conversation, whether it's, you right. know, you're like hybrid edge slash outside linebacker or you're more of like a slot type nickel guy who also gives you some, you know, versatility and pass coverage. Exactly. So that's the thing, like Colorado, like their, I guess, leader of the linebackers will probably be Levante Bentley. He's coming in from Clemson. He played like four or five years there and just like uh, reserve roles, only had like 480 snaps, I think in his career. Um, But he's coming in, you know, he's a guy who could gather up like 80, 90, hundred tackles potentially, um, but, you know, if you don't have that, if you have all that production, but you just don't have those flashy traits, um, you know, it's like third round, you know, top 65-ish, you know, right on the fridge of the second round is where those guys usually go. They're not being highly coveted. Well, and I'm, I'm sure somebody will jump out this fall. It's just right, going sure. in at least, you know, I, I struggled. I was like, I like a lot of guys at edge. There's a lot of corners, I think, that are intriguing. But... You know, Elmer Spates is fun at linebacker. It's just like, uh, right. Elmer Spates is uh, fun at LSU too. Um, they always have speed at the linebacker position, but um, yeah, it's just it's wait and see with them so much. And even then, it's like trying not to get too excited. Like I remember when uh, who was the other linebacker um next to Henry Tua Tua uh, a few years ago? He just went uh, a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name, but like when those guys during the COVID season were like running around, like they looked like world beaters and all of a sudden like both second and third round picks. I can picture, oh God, that's going to drive me crazy. What? Let's just move on. That's, that's I'm going to spin. Yeah. Otherwise let's go to uh corners. <laughs> Keep it on Bama, I guess. Kool-Aid McKinstry, yep. man. He's, Probably the most physical corner that I can remember watching consistently. I love the way that he comes up and makes tackle. Obviously, growing up as Broncos fans, being experienced with with Champ Bailey all those years, I'm always going to love a corner that's not afraid to step up and make a play. And the thing that really jumps out about him and Kalen King of Penn State is both of those guys are willing to jump up into the mix. Who are some of the corners that you really like? Um, real quick, Christian Harris was who I was thinking about at linebacker next to him. Thank you. Next to Tua Tua. I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, Kool-Aid's going to be the guy to watch for, you know, Alabama last year, we really were talking about their secondary and just like how down it was. Um, but he is a guy that profiles as, you know, obviously a top draft pick at this point. 
Um, last year, he had a pretty decent season. Um, 15 passes broken up, only one interception. So, you know, he's got the ball production. Um, little on the slender side, I guess, 6'1", 180 is what he's listed at. So that doesn't get me too excited. Um, but, you know, we'll see how he matches up against some of these other guys. Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. is That's what I wanted to, to ask you about. He might be like the rangiest, most impressive athlete of this entire class. You watch some of those <laughs> pick really six is. returns. And I'm like, man, you guys can't score any points. Put that dude on a receiver, too. I know. Five interceptions last year. Three of them were touchdowns. Um, six, one, 200 pounds. So we'll see. He's very intriguing. I can't wait to watch him. Denzel Burke out of Ohio State as well. Is going to be another guy to watch out for. Um, yeah, that's probably the top of the guys right now. You already mentioned uh, Kalen King. Just can't get over Iowa having two potential white corners in two years that are NFL Legit level corners. Like, too. yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's Iowa, man. I don't know. They do things differently down there. <laughs> Shane Gillis has a funny bit about how white corners are extinct. He's like, there's two left in the San Francisco zoo. They won't reproduce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like that. We found, uh, we found the, uh, the last remaining uh, candidates, I suppose. Where do you see Travis Hunter more at the NFL level? Do you see him as a corner or receiver? Because I think the thought coming in was that he's going to be a DB. And, you know, going back to that championship game at Jackson State, you and I were kind of texting back and forth. I don't know. It kind of looks like Justin Jefferson out there with the way he runs. He feels like a receiver to me. But where do you see him? Uh, Same. Like, he is obviously their best corner. He's very, very smooth. It's just so natural to him. He plays the ball really well. But that's his best trait is his ball skills, how he plays the football. And when he's on offense, man, he's just an absolute problem. He gets off the line well. He runs great routes. He's got the speed. He makes spectacular catches. Um, he has the athleticism athleticism to go up and get the ball or make adjustments for the ball. Uh, I agree with you. I think he's been most impressive at wide receiver. Um, but this team is really deep at wide receiver, deeper than other positions, I'd say, uh, especially when you compare it to corner. So it's going to be interesting how he's used, but I, I've i been saying he's a play wide receiver since he, before he got here. How is he in terms of tackling? Um, From what you've I seen, mean, obviously it's, lim- I mean, it's a limited sample size. Right. So, I mean, last year was tough because he played injured for a lot of the year um, and obviously was a true freshman. So putting on a lot of muscle this offseason, it's something that he probably has to get better at to be a – you know, if he wants to take corner seriously and, you know, take that to the NFL as being a corner, uh, that's where I think probably the biggest area of improvement for sure. It's going to be interesting. I mean, that's that's what jumps out to me about these other guys, you know, McKin- whether it's McKinstry, King at, at Penn State or even DeGene, you know, like I, I think DeGene's right. ball skills and his athleticism are what stand out the most. But there are a couple of times in the open field where, you know, he hits a dude to break up a play and those dudes, they love the contact. Yeah. I mean, Travis has put on another 30 pounds of uh, muscle, big. it seems like from last year. Um, he said he wanted to play up around 185. Uh, he was around 160 last year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. That's so small. 160? That's, that's what, he was playing at 160? 
165, I think. He had an ankle injury that he was dealing with coming into his freshman year that really kind of derailed a lot of his uh, development, and then it kind of got aggravated throughout the season, and he toughed it out at the end. Huh. I knew he was tiny, man, but 160 is like... And that's like a junior looks, in high school. He looks a lot different now. Um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you look at even Jimmy Horn when he got here in January compared to now, he's probably put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle easy too. That's going to be the thing with, with Kamani McLean going forward. I mean, this guy comes in probably, you know, rail thin in terms of his limbs, but he stands 6'3". I mean, he's just got to build out that frame a bit over these next few years. He's lanky. I'm, I'm very, he's, He's the guy I think that potentially really elevates their ceiling defensively, but he's so young and it's just hard to jump right in and be a day one corner, especially with that schedule they play over the first six weeks. Like I know obviously TCU and Nebraska, that's one thing. I mean, these receivers at CSU are no joke. After CSU, they go straight into USC and Oregon, man. It's relentless from the the fire. Yeah. So, uh, It'll be it'll really be sink or swim for him. Well, if you're going to get thrown into the fire, the best way to do so is with a Breck brew in hand. It's ice cold. It's refreshing. It's going to make you realize think you're not even in the fire. It's it's going to be a total distraction. That was the stupidest transition of all time. <laughs> but you know it's it not worked. stupid. Our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery because they have a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having an ice cold Breck brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's the summer. Go get yourself a slushy at the farmhouse. It is so refreshing, so crisp, the perfect amount of sweetness, perfect amount of alcohol content. It's not like one of those ones you get on the Vegas Strip where it's too much sugar and really cheap booze and you're feeling like crap. Like everything Breck makes, it's the highest quality. Check it out. Find a brew near you with the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. I love Breck Brew. You love Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. Any other corners Breck. you want to hit on before we get to the safeties? Um, No, I think I'm good right now just in terms of guys that we need to know going into the season. Well, I mean, this is obviously a very loose preseason preview. We're just kind of throwing right. guys out that, that intrigued us last year that we're kind of keeping an eye on this year. But at safety, I'd be remiss to not start with my guy, Jack Howell at CSU. He's only going to be a junior this year, so I'm not 100% sure he'll come out. I, In fact, I don't think he will unless he has just an insane season and obviously his, his draft stock just goes through the roof. I think he's a top 10 safety in football. I think that's fair to say. I mean, when you look at his production these past couple of years, he's only gotten better in pass coverage. I mean, he's a little bit small, I guess, only 5'10", but still at 200 pounds. It's not like he's thin or anything like that. Like, he's just so fun to watch. I don't know how much you've had an opportunity to watch Howell yet, other than, you know, like the the little bits you've watched CSU, but dude's a stud. The name seems familiar from uh, when I was doing a little bit of Ram stuff a couple years ago. Um, There's a lot, there's a couple safeties that I'm really intrigued by. Uh, Cameron Kitchens out of uh, Miami, Florida. This guy is a beast. Uh, listed at 5'11", 202. Had a pretty decent year last year. Had six interceptions. Um, and also Kalen Bullock out of USC is a guy I've got my eye on. He had a really nice interception return for a touchdown, I remember, from last year. He also had five total picks. Um, 
And then across from Cameron Kitchens, you have James Williams, another safety to keep an eye on. So Miami's got a strong secondary going into this year. And then uh, Andrew Makuba out of uh, Clemson is probably the top guy. Yeah, I would say Makuba or uh, Bullard, the kid out of Georgia, is really nice. Both of those guys are really rangy, really athletic. Um, yeah, that's probably the top guys I can think of. I mean, I like Malachi Moore at Alabama. He needs He's kind of in a prove-it year. Uh, Oregon State has a guy that I've got my eye on. Katana Oladipo, I believe, is his name. Um, I think that's him. I can't remember which one it is, but there was one safety last year that stood out to me. So Oregon State's going to be a fun team. They're one of the more intriguing teams in the country, I'd say. I mean, obviously, the quarterback situation is one thing, but, I mean, they just they have talent in, the, in that backfield. They've got a really intriguing defense. That's a team that I think could really be we talked about cannibalization earlier. It wouldn't shock me at all if Oregon State is the team that, you know, spoils somebody's chances at making the playoff or even the Pac-12 title game. For sure. And uh, then, yeah, is coming back too. So there's going to be, this is a team that's bringing back a lot of talent offensively for sure. Uh, but you get defensive leader back in Katan Oladipo. He's going to be a guy to watch out for this year out of the Pac-12. Um, TCU. It's got a pair of safeties to watch out for. Of course, Mark Perry, who used to play at Colorado, he had a decent year last year uh, for the Horned Frogs. Bud Clark is the other guy um, that you need to watch out for. Uh, so they're going to be good in the back end too. I mean, they lost a lot of a lot of players, a lot of coaches last year, but at least you bring your safeties back. I'll throw a couple of Mountain West guys out there. Trey Taylor of Air Force is a, a guy coming downhill that's a lot of fun to watch. He had a really big season this past year. Uh, Jamal Hill of UNLV is a good athlete. And then at CSU, Henry Blackburn alongside Jack Howell is a really physical guy. He's lanky. I mean, he had a hit in the Wyoming game that I'm shocked was not flagged. But it felt like John Lynch circa 2003. He straight took a dude's head off in the open field. It was awesome. Um, Aiden Hector at Nickel is another guy at CSU to, to keep an eye on. Former four-star prospect. Started his career at Washington State. Got They had the whole weird thing with Rolovich and all that. So he ended up leaving the program. Comes over to CSU. Guy who had a couple of picks last year. Really physical as well. The secondary for CSU should be a pretty big strength, actually, which feels very weird to say. I, I don't know if I've ever said that in my lifetime. Uh, Colorado has one grad transfer I can throw out. That's Roderick Ward. Um, we don't know where he's going to play exactly. Uh, he played safety for Southern Utah last year, was uh, one of the best players in that conference. He's going to be coming in and factoring into this safety rotation, if not a nickel role. Uh, so he's a guy, a grand transfer that could come in and make some noise. I want to throw out Tyler Nubbin's name too, out of Minnesota. I feel like I've been hearing his name for years. Um, he's been doing his thing for a while. Eight career interceptions going back to 2019. He had four last year. So watch out for him. Classic Minnesota player where it feels like he's been starting for eight years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they just have their own like wing of the stadium at this point. I love watching Minnesota football. I don't know what it is about that program, but it's it's just a program I enjoy watching. They feel like the Oregon State of the Big Ten. They're one of the uh, first games of the season. I think it's uh, the Friday before week zero, I think they play Nebraska, or it's uh, the Friday before week one they play Nebraska, but they're one of the first games of the season. 
Is that the game that's in Ireland? Who's playing in Ireland? Oh no, that's Northwestern and somebody. Oh man, I can't remember. I think it is Northwestern because didn't they play there last year? They played Nebraska there though, didn't they? They played Nebraska last year, but I, I'm not sure who it is this year. Um, couldn't tell you. Oh well, you guys have phones. You can Google it. You'll figure it out. But uh, anybody else we should throw out before we hit out? I don't think we need to talk about specialists. No, unless you want to get into some kicker talk, man. Who's your kicker one right now, bro? Uh, Jonah Dalmas, Boise State. I don't know. That was just the first kicker that came to mind. <laughs> uh, you you beat me there because I don't even know if I would have named one at the, at the moment. Him and John Hoyland out of Wyoming are both. They're really good. I'm, But I'm very much in Mountain West mode because for the first time ever, I have a a vote in the preseason polls, so I'm taking it very seriously. I'm determined to get hey. it right. I'll lose sleep over it, legitimately. Like I don't think people understand how much I will stress over getting this preseason poll that will mean nothing correct. Same. I got my Pac-12 invite, and I'm like, well, damn, I kind of got to dig into this. Like, I, If I'm going to do this and I'm going to vote, I want to do it the right way. I'm going to watch do some it, film. Man. I want to actually... Yeah. It matters to the players. Like, Obviously, the end-of-season right. awards count a lot more but i mean it matters to the players it matters to the fans if you have a vote the least you can do is take it seriously put in some time and research and unfortunately with a lot of these votes there are a lot of people that phone it in and that's why it used to piss me off but i didn't have a vote because i was like well i know i'm gonna try harder than i'm not gonna say anybody's actual name but this bozo we can be the change we want to see in the world justin we are the world. We are the children. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you for rocking with us. This was not the most organized pod we've ever done. We'll be honest, but was it was fun to preview it. It's fun. It's to throw July. These out. I, exactly, if you're listening yeah. to this, shout out to you. Honestly, yes. And we owe you a beer probably, but come to the probably. DMVR bar. Maybe it'll make, we'll make it happen. Um, shout out to everybody for listening. Shout out to our main man, Zach Stevens for getting married. Shout out to Dre. He should be back next episode. Much love, y'all. Peace.